So again, whether you're starting out in the workplace and you know have a junior title at a company, you're a secretary, you are leading already, you're leading parts of your work well, and the more we name it, the more we become it. We believe it in. Welcome to the How We Rise Leadership Podcast, where our mission is to empower you to rise to become the leader that both your destiny and humanity is calling you to be. I want to start this episode by reading the first paragraph of my book, This Is How We Rise. I believe our world is not operating at its potential because human beings are not operating at theirs. I wrote this book to provide you with a new perspective of your life and what it might mean for the world. It is a call to arms for every man and woman to rise to a new definition of leadership and create change in the world. And rising to a new definition of leadership is what I want to focus this episode on. What is this new definition? Now, in the last episode, I talked about three beliefs that we all need to have because it is truly our destiny. Our destiny is that we can be leaders in our communities, in our families, in our society, in our workplaces, but we need to believe three things. One is we need to believe in a higher meaning of our life, that we're here for a bigger reason. Two is that everything's happened for us actually to guide us to become the leaders we're meant to be. And third is that what is inside of us and our birthright just by being us, we are extraordinary, and that there is a leader and a change agent and an extraordinary destiny within all of us. And humanity needs this, right? You look at the world and it's so broken today, and just humanity needs more people to raise their hand to leadership. And also your life and your destiny and your potential, your highest potential also needs you to raise your hand to it. But the problem with leadership today is that the definition is not appealing to most people and most people are not opting in for it. So let's talk about these reasons. One is, you know, if you Google the word leader, what pops up is the person who leads or commands a group, organization, or country. Now, that's not that appealing to most people. It's funny, I was talking to my friend who's a life coach, an amazing woman that I've known for years and I've also worked with. And I told her about my my podcast that I was launching and and how I really want to make the word leader, leadership accessible to most people. But And her reaction was like, ick, like I don't really relate to that word. I don't love that word. It just, it just was something that she did not resonate with. And it just sort of hit home with me that here's a person who is leading so much impact in, in so many people's lives as a life coach and raising a family and has gone through so many child rearing challenges and and persevered and and just led her family you know to such a great such a great path in place and she doesn't even resonate with the word leader so that's the problem especially as women are rising right as women are you know getting more gaining more opportunity and power in society and also minorities we need we need a definition that is appealing to all genders, all classes, all people, to everyone. So the first reason why people are not opting in for leadership and 
thinking of themselves as leaders is because it's just not appealing. The word is not appealing. So we need a new definition to change that. Second is that it's pretty one-dimensional. When you think about leader, you think it, it really pertains to the workplace, your job, your career. Also, it's very inaccessible. The definition is very inaccessible. Often, you know, you think leader and you think head of state, CEO of a company, uh, a person who's managing a lot of people. And often the default image is a white male in a corporate office setting or suit, right? So we've got these very, very, uh, we've got these stigmas attached with the word leader. And last is that it's really always been, the word's always been rooted in masculine traits. If you think about really any any structure out there other than the family, right? You think about governments and companies. In many ways, they were always designed for men. And, you know, a person, you know, often a man uh, or, or, or someone, someone with a child rearing and like domestic home partner, right? Who's taking care, you know, church and state, taking care of the home. And I mean, you know, we're, we're living, I actually live in the suburbs and, you know, that's still very much, you know, and again, I'm not judging any structure, but there are, when you think again about leadership, you often associate it with, you know, these masculine traits. And what are some of those traits? Strength, assertiveness, courage, independence, don't show weakness, don't show emotion, don't show vulnerability. And that's often what the traditional definition has been rooted in. But we really need today, again, as I mentioned, as women are rising and minorities and diverse groups and all people for really us to get to a more equal humanity, we need to have a more gender traits balanced definition. So the word has not been appealing for so many for, for, for pretty much the beginning of time. And we are just in a different paradigm shift now, right, on where, you know, on equality and equality of all people, equality and inclusivity. And we are not going to unleash the power and potential of all people if we can't get majority of people to think of themselves as leaders and that they can lead change from where they are. And that's really so much of, you know, what this new definition is about. And again, it is it is not fair to humanity. I've talked about this. It's not fair to humanity that we're not claiming our leadership potential. And it's not fair to your destiny because that's actually what you have the potential to be. The other reason why I feel that it's so important for most people to name themselves as leaders is that there's something about naming and believing and setting the intention, right, to say, wow, like I I can be a leader and I can aspire to that. I can become that. And you eventually believe it in. You imagine it. You, you, you relate to it. You become it. And again, we become what we believe. And when we believe that we are leaders, that mind shift happens that then gives us more courage and it gives us more confidence. It helps us be more bold and it completely shifts our image of ourselves and our perceptions of ourselves so that our internal self-talk and that our actions and our behaviors all tend to shift, all begin to shift. And that's why it is we are literally taking away our power and removing and not crediting ourselves for our potential by not naming that, hey, I actually am leading a lot of things, and I can actually be an extraordinary leader. So there are a few attributes of this new redefined leadership or this new definition of leadership. 
that I want to invite all of you to join, right? I want all of you to become this new generation of leaders that we need. And the first attribute is that we need to start thinking of leadership as whole life leadership. The word has to be whole life integrated. And again, earlier I talked about how it's really the current definition feels very one-dimensional. And or again, it's it's pertaining to you know your career, your workplace, teams, leading a team well, and all those things are so important. And I'm obsessed with leadership development, and I love learning those things. But we also need to start teaching whole life leadership, and it has to be whole life integrated because often the the current definition is often successful at the sake of something else. It is achieved at the sake of something, right? It's, it's like I'm going to double down on leading my work and leading my team and leading my career and leading or leading something, but then an area of my personal life, an area of my family, an area of my health, like those parts of our lives, those dimensions of our lives are not included in the definition. So the current, you know, the, the old model just isn't sustainable and we need to add the word whole and holistic into the new leadership definition. So there's a chapter in my book called Treat Your Whole Life as the Organization You're Leading. And I have a methodology. Again, this is my way of doing whole life leadership and and leading my whole life well. And you don't have to adopt, obviously, what I do, but this is just my strategy that I recommend on how to achieve this. So first is to really think about the fact that, you know, it is not just and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a businesswoman, and I tend to think, you know, very strategically. So I bring, you know, obviously, if you're a creative, there might be different ways that you might do this. But I think of my life as it's made up of life departments. And in my order of priority, I mean, generally so, is my, you know, mental and physical health, which is very much rooted in my spirituality and, and just my meditation and just really constantly checking in through whatever exercise I have to take care of my physical and mental health. And they're all connected, right? And so that self-care and that mental, physical self-care really is, really for all of us should be number one because if we fall apart and those things aren't healthy, then everything that we are, we're managing, right? Everything that makes up our life is falling apart. But I'm not great at it. So, you know, again, we, we it's, it's the thing to strive for and it's a constant practice like anything else. But that's the first life department is my physical, mental, and, and I even add spiritual health because it's the spirituality practices that I have that bring me back into healthier patterns. The second life department for me is my marriage you know, or, you know, your life partner or, or, or having that companionship, right? I feel that, you know, community and having that partner in our life, again, whether it's a spouse or another kind of, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or, you know, even a sister, you know, a family member, a best friend. Marriage for me with my husband is so important because we were also taught, you know, we're Christians and we were taught in pre-marriage counseling that, you know, you, you and your spouse really come before everything, your kids and your career, because if you guys are good, then everything else is good. So I have always remembered that and try to prioritize, you know, my marriage as my second priority life department. The third life department is children and parenting and, and my kids. I have a two-year-old and a almost four-year-old and even though many people, again, often I do it too, our default is to put our kids before our, our marriages. But, 
you know, that is, again, if me and my husband are good, then the kids are good and what we're, how we're showing up in front of them is more affirming. So, but, but, but children and childcare and every responsibility, you know, their health, their schooling, their social development, their clothes, everything that relates to them is sort of that next department for me. Then there is my career and work, or in my case, it's actually my career work is also social impact and, and community service. So for you, it could be, you know, two separate things. But for me, it's all tied in in one. And my next department is financial well-being, although finances often gets up there with physical and mental well, you know, health and well-being because, you know, that is so our financial well-being is so tied to our physical and our mental health, right? Social community and just overall, like our network of friends and our family and, and community of friends is just such a critical piece of our lives. That's another department. And then I would say home or your your sort of like home structure and foundation, you know, would be like my my last one. So for you, again, this is just roughly my order and it could be, you know, any combination, whatever it is for you. But the point of the practice and the point of the exercise is to start thinking about, A, again, we are leaders. We are the bomb. We are so capable and so competent, and we have so many natural-born skills that we can bring to the table. And we need to think about how do we – now we have a 360-degree view of all the things that we're here to lead and to manage well. And you might have – you might be really good at at being, you know, a parent or spending time with your kids, or you might be really that career person, or you might be really good at finances or not. But the idea is is to – have your eye on all these areas of your life and figure out how am I managing all these departments well? And, you know, for the ones that I have the best skills that I'll take ownership of that, but then I'll hire, you know, a great financial advisor if I'm not the best at finances, right? Or I just need to make sure I have a really good financial advisor or your partner does that. Or you find out, you know, in, in the, in the if you're a working parent, right? In the caregiving, I mean, in the child rearing department, you obviously have your team. You've got your preschool teacher. You've got your your nanny part-time, whatever it is, the idea is really figuring out these are all my life departments and these are the things that I'm going to own and be really good at, but these are things I'm not so good at and I'm going to have support in those areas. The other piece to this is that at all times, we cannot manage everything at the same time. So uh, what I like to do is I call them, I manage and lead my life where I think of elevation periods. I think of life as a mountain where we're constantly rising to our highest potential. Even when we struggle and we think we're going down on the mountain, we're actually still going up. We're just dipping a little bit to go back up faster. And so I so elevation periods. Okay, so right now it is March and you know the next 3 months, let's say that there are three life departments that take priority. I have an au pair that is, uh, her time is up and I have a new au pair starting. So my parenting bucket and my children, that department is rising up to the top because I know major transitions are happening at home for them and I need to be more present and more there. And we have, from a career work standpoint, that life department's at the top because this is a big innovation year for us. We're launching so many things, including this podcast and and courses and we're doing all these in- interesting launches right now in this year and making investments. And so that's a big priority right now. Maybe the third priority is my husband and I. Maybe it's my marriage because we haven't had, we've been so busy and we feel like we've, we're, we're in a, a hard season of life. I'm just, I'm basically giving an example of, you know, those few departments are my highest priorities. If you're getting married, if you're about to have a child, if you are, 
you know, starting a business, if you're about to have a big promotion, like depending on what is happening in your life, what season of life you're in, you prioritize various, the right departments. But the goal is you still have your eye on the other departments, right? Like you are still checking in and you're not letting one of those departments fall through the cracks. So again, this is my way of treating my whole life as the organization I'm leading and I sort of divvy it up into different life departments and then I plan my life and my journey ahead through elevation periods where I prioritize what is the most important thing right now that really needs more of my attention, right? And what can sort of go to the secondary, tertiary priority. And just to share some examples of friends and people that I know, examples where they were too focused on their career or one life department and something else fell through the cracks. So one friend of mine was very successful as an entrepreneur in her 30s and built a very big company that she eventually sold and, and had a great exit. But when she hit 40, she realized when she sold the company, she just realized she really had not given any of her time and attention to the the romance and finding a life, part, life partner department. And she tried dating a little bit, but really, really wanted a child and ended up doing our artificial insemination and ended up having a beautiful girl. And they're doing, they're amazing and she's doing so well. But she often says to me, Claudia, if I were to talk to my younger self or, or talk to young women, I would say, don't put all of your eggs in the career basket. Really make sure that you have your eye on other, on those other areas of your life and really what you want and what matters to you. Another friend is actually in her late 40s now, but her and her still fiance, they've actually not gotten married for years because they've put all their money towards infertility treatments. But basically she ended up, again, also very focused on the career and didn't really, and, and waited a bit, waited a, a long time to start the uh, the child, you know, the, the fertility process and trying to have a baby. And I believe that she's had you know, almost seven or eight IVF treatments. But again, it's just another fertility and our fertility health and our overall, our general health is another area that we really also need to stay very cognizant about and not let that department fall through the cracks. Another friend of mine works in the government, lives in DC, and he is just one of those people that's so obsessed with his career and politics and and public policy and but unfortunately, just really not there home enough for his wife and his his children. And so it just it's created uh, the prioritization of career has really impacted the marriage and they're in the process of a divorce. And just finding, you know, that they're in different pathways of their life. Another friend of mine is an entrepreneur who's so who was so passionate about social impact and driving change and She's a social entrepreneur and wanted to give away her life, like wanted to give away everything and put her mortgage down on her business and just gave so much to the community service bucket and department that she ended up not really taking care of the finances enough and right now is really struggling financially to, to get back up on her feet. And again, the eyes were not necessarily, not enough attention was on that, that financial management, personal finance life department of her life. And we all need education in all relationship, our relationships with money, our relationship with our health, our relationship with you know our expectations of do we want to have, do we want to settle down, do we want to have children, do we want to get married, do we want like all those other areas outside of our careers. It's so easy to undermine those areas of our life 
because career and work has just become so at the center of, of, of so many of us. And, you know, and again, I know that this podcast is also has listeners who are friends of mine who are also full time at home, which is equally and if not more of a significant role, right? You're raising our our next generation of humanity and you're raising our humanity and you're raising our children, I mean, full time, right? I mean, I'm doing it part time as a working parent, but we just need to all learn whether or not you're, you know, you're a full time parent or whether or not you're hardcore about your career or you're in transition. We just need to start having this 360 degree view of our whole lives so that we can truly, our whole lives can be successful. There's that saying that you are the sum of all of your parts and the whole part cannot thrive if one or if if certain areas are neglected. The other reason why it's so necessary for us to think of these different components of our life is because we need partnership in making those areas of our life successful. So if we look at, you know, a from a binary standpoint, man and woman, women make up half the world. And if and if you think about the home, you know, again, I'm thinking that I'm in a heterosexual relationship, so I'm talking from that context and that perspective. But, you know, where, okay, you're man, you're doing these roles, I'm woman, I'm doing these roles, that that gender norm shift needs to be out the window because women are rising and and so are other non-binary genders and groups and we need to have a much more synergy of the sexes model on how we do things. So for example, you know, right now what it takes to be two working parents with children, you know, a lot of it is really sitting down and synergizing with your partner to really talk through, okay, these are all the responsibilities. What are you good at? This, this is what I'm good at. This is your schedule. This is my schedule. And really work together to align and synergize on what is the most successful way for you to run and, and, and to raise your family and that home child child care front, right? Or from a financial finances department, you know, what are the things that, and whether you're single, it's just, again, understanding what are the things that you're going to own? Where do you need more education? And how can you go out and seek, again, whether it's an advisor, an assistant, a friend, a spouse, a partner, whoever, a family member, whoever it is, looking at all the life departments and seeing what is missing so you can synergize with some with another half or, or other resources so that you're not neglecting that part of your life. The intention here is not to overwhelm you and have you think, oh gosh, Claudia, you literally gave, just gave me so much more responsibility to think about. Instead, the relationship to have with this is that your whole life and your destiny is unlimited and you have so much potential and that you have this highest level of potential and you define what matters to you. You define what your life departments are, but these are some of the pieces that you can play with and allow it to empower you to realize that you can actually have unlimited success because you have your eye on all of these things. You can actually have it all. So the key, though, is to not think perfection and that to believe instead that perfection is actually imperfection. So we're all going to go out there and lead whatever departments our life is made up of and our whole life well, but we need to have this imperfection approach. And And that's a female trait, right? Like we often, women often feel like we need things to be so perfect and we really need to embrace imperfection. And secondly, 
the more we aim for and the more the bigger visions we go for, the more trials are going to be. The bigger our ideas are, the bigger our dreams are, the bigger goals we have with our finances or our business or our impact or our children or our marriages or our family, whatever it is, the more, the higher we're dreaming, the more trials and and friction, right? That we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit as we rise up the mountain. There's just generally gonna be more friction, and so we also need to see that trials are gonna be there, but to see those obstacles as opportunities for growth, and that when the struggles hit, it, they're opportunities for us to grow and make us better leaders. So to summarize, and to give you a little bit of homework now on the next steps to take to realize that you are a leader and you can lead your whole life well is number one is just to acknowledge it and name it. So many of you have already, and I think about even as a stay-at-home parent, my, my friends who are stay-at-home parents, you're already leading so many things well in terms of juggling it all and, and all the things that it takes to manage a family. So we just need to start naming that that's what we are and actually give ourselves the credit so that not only are we respecting and we feel more worthy and and affirmed and empowered, but other people start seeing us that way as well. So again, whether you're starting out in the workplace and you know have a junior title at a company, you're a secretary, you are leading already, you're leading parts of your work well, and the more we name it, the more we become it. We believe it in. Second thing is to make a list of all your life departments, and these are going to be the departments that define what matters to you. I've made some recommendations based on what my life departments are, and it's not to overwhelm you, but it's just to help you have help you ensure that your whole life is successful. And that also includes our social impact as well as how we're impacting our personal lives and families. Even give yourself some titles. John, my husband, calls me the chief social officer of the family. So I'm in charge of, you know, play dates with other parent friends. I'm in charge of our, our you know, night, date nights with other couples and just making sure that we're seeing our community of friends because it's just what I enjoy more than he than him. I'm a very social person. And I'm also the chief uh, grocery food nutrition officer of the family. I'm sort of in charge of, you know, the doctor's appointments to the, you know, what, what gets put in the fridge every week because I also just enjoy that and I care a lot about ensuring that everybody is healthy. And he's got his roles, right? He helps manage things, you know, with the house and with finances. So the titles are sort of fun to also, again, we it's pretty amazing too when you list all your titles. We all probably have at least 10 titles that make up what we do. You know, being a team leader, right? If, you're, if you manage people, that's one title. Um, being a head of finances for a company, like that's a title. So there's a lot. It's interesting when you start looking at all the multifacets and the roles that we play. And also just sort of see like what we enjoy and love doing the most and what we might need to let go of and subtract, which brings me to the second part of the homework, which is if there are areas where you lack support or you're not the best at, seek help or or synergize with your partner or you know, call on a colleague or hire an assistant or a financial advisor, whatever it is, or a friend, an accountability partner, find that partnership for those life departments that aren't that aren't your natural tendency and that aren't the things that you love to do or are the best at doing. And we're better off honestly focusing at the best skills that we are, that we have, versus trying to do something else that we that is really feels like torture and that we're not even that great at, right? So it's it's teaching us how to lead. I mean, this is leadership. And 
the last thing I want to say is that we're never going to realize a more thriving and equal humanity until we really empower all people, all genders, all classes, all people to realize that they can be leaders and and lead their whole life well because otherwise women will opt out or fathers will opt out or people of color might opt out because they feel like they can't sustain they can't sustain success and they can't sustain something because one part of their life is going to fall through the cracks and this is again this relates to all people but we're never going to step into our full potential until we start leading our whole lives well and our structures and workplaces and in corporate America and in business and in communities and in the family structure, like nothing is really going to fully thrive until we really teach people how to sustain both and all of it at the same time. I don't believe in having it all. I believe that we can imperfectly lead it all well, right? And that's the last thing, which is embrace imperfection and and really, we are all just doing our best and celebrate what we are getting done, not what hasn't gotten done, and remove the guilt. And any struggle that you go through, it is a growth opportunity to shape you into a better leader. On that note, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the How We Rise Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Chan. Please go to shesummit.com, which is my platform please sign up for our email newsletter so you can hear news and updates on everything that we're rolling out. Right now, it is, uh, you'll see our flagship New York City uh, She Summit conference, but we're rolling out with really incredible courses and community and other tools to help you rise to the leader that you, both humanity and destiny, is calling you to be. Thank you so much for joining me.